the Bar is a podcast for dance studio owners by dance studio owners. Every week, we seek to unpack what is happening in our lives, our businesses, our hearts, and our minds. Sometimes we take a serious tone, other weeks, not so much. Either way, we hope you feel encouraged, supported, motivated and uplifted by simply knowing you are not alone. Join us at the bar. Hello everybody, it's Miss Jane here and welcome back to the bar. A very special episode joined by Miss Mel and eight of our closest friends at Exchange 2019. This could be what regret feels like, possibly, (laughs) but I think it's going to be a fabulous episode, Miss Mel. I'll introduce the topic in a minute, but would you like to say hello as well? I would. I would love to say hello and thank you so much, Jane, for organising such a beautiful, wonderful, inspiring day. I'm really not sure what's going to happen because we're not normally looking at each other during the process. We use Zoom, if anyone knows Zoom, and we turn off the video when we're recording. So I'm normally looking at your face like this. <laughs> and you're smiling at me and yeah, so um, hopefully we can not giggle too much. We will try it. All right. Yes, here we go. So our podcast episode is going to be, um, and it has been submitted by a tribe member. Um, and I think it, we've picked it because it's very relevant for our studio. And we think that it will be for you as well. So it's um, about resilience in constructive feedback. And I've called it dancing through discomfort because there was a beautiful line that said, how can we help students stand in and move through discomfort? And I was like, yeah, how can we move through discomfort? So um, we're going to be talking about tools and strategies about um, helping students handle any form of perceived or real social and emotional discomfort. Uh, things caused by change, change of teacher, which might cause nervousness and then anxiety, and then uh, warrant people to want to talk and have meetings and uh, talk through all of that. So just some tools, tricks and visuals to help students stand in and move through discomfort. Coming out the other side, that little bit more equipped for next time. Miss Mel. No pressure, right? Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think, Resilience is everything, isn't it, when we're talking about this topic? And I, what I have now come to understand resilience to be is that it's like a muscle. It's not something that you can just set and forget. Resilience is like a muscle. We have to practice it. It's just like practicing our plies and our tondus, isn't it? That we have to understand that kids do change and what resilience might look like for a four-year-old is not what resilience might look like for a 12, 13 year old when all of a sudden they're hitting puberty and their body's changing. And um, so it's something that we have to continually understand that it's not just an end point. You know, my resilience now as a 45 year old, um, (laughs) I'm halfway to 50, I said the other day, and then someone said, no, that's halfway to 90. But I'm not like I was in my 40s, I'm 25, halfway to the next decade. I know, right? But then I thought, well, no, that's all right. 
make it to 90, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing well. Um, so, yeah, it's something that we have to keep, continue and practice. I know that I have ebbed and flowed with my sense of resilience. Um, I know when I became a new mum, that was a really highly an, uh, anxious time for me and I had to work on my resilience as a mother. So um, I think that's a big thing in our studio environment. I know that I'm constantly talking with our teachers about how they can help the kids become more resilient in each you know, at each stage and each level. Um, would you agree with that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think it's a conversation that you need to keep having. So just going off the back of what you said, you know, we need to keep working at it. So I think we need to think about the psychological safety in our studios, both for our employees, um, our team members, as well as our students. And that's through the language that we're using, so giving them permission and reminding them. So I did go through a stage where I had up on the wall that mistakes are welcome here, and so that we were having a conversation about that. Um, and I know some of them are getting these messages at school, but that's not, we're not at school, we're in the studio, so we need to make it safe within our four walls. Um, and I think having conversations about that regularly um, and um, not not kind of downplaying failure or even on the reverse, you know, like celebrating failure, but just saying that it's part of it. It's part of learning and um, giving them permission. So quite often if I give students a combination that is I know above where they're meant to be, and we've got to do that sometimes. We've got to stretch them. They've got to be willing to step outside their comfort zone, saying it's okay if this all, you know, it's okay if you fall over now, like that's, you know, that's okay, we'll all have a laugh and you'll get back up, right? That's, this is the place for that. This is where mistakes are welcomed and encouraged, just not the same one over and over again, and I'm a little less sweet. <laughs> and I, I think on that, it's really difficult in a dance context because we are about performance and we just saw their amazing Kim present on all of her incredible performances and dance is a performance art and the end product is what the audience want to come and see. So I think it's important to acknowledge that for students sometimes it is hard to think, I, you know, it's okay that I make the mistake during the rehearsal time and I think that's where we have to check ourselves as dance teachers and I know I've been in rehearsal settings where I've been yelled at as a student and it's not a great feeling, is it, you know, and it, simply as a child I was just making a mistake during the rehearsal process. So I think we do have to check ourselves as dance teachers and create that space where um, that mistakes are part of the learning. I, I use the example with my students um, you know, if they're, they're having a moment where they're like, oh, I can't do it. Um, did you like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I say, well, if you knew how to do everything, I wouldn't have a job. My job is to help you get to that point. And they go, ah. Oh. So I'm like, thank you. Thanks for giving me a job. I like coming here and teaching you. Um, so giving them the permission to go through that learning process is important. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I say to them, you know, when, when you were born, could you walk? And they're like, no, mm. well, you're not a giraffe. No, you don't come out walking. You know, like you have to learn, you have to fall over. You have to make all of those mistakes so that your body learns the patterns. And I think it's really important to keep reinforcing those messages. Um, again, coming back to that point about, especially as they grow and they change, because 
little Susie could have been able to do a double pirouette and then all of a sudden she's got boobs and like it's a little bit harder to achieve those sort of things. And I think labelling the emotions as well, like um, just really being out there and, and labelling the emotion, like this might feel uncomfortable, right? You might not feel really great within yourself right now, but you have to move through this. Um, I find that, and uh, we were discussing this in the car yesterday on the way to Sydney, that unfortunately parents are trying to protect their children from moving through discomfort. And as a parent of three children, I fully get that because it's really hard to watch. It's really hard to watch your child be in discomfort. And as a, a, a teacher, it's really hard to watch when a child is really trying and not getting it and you can see them frustrated. Um, a little while ago, my children had a drawing competition, competition, which is how I get them off their iPads um, when we're down at the beach. And they spent hours doing a drawing of their favourite city and I couldn't decide which was the best. Um, so I put it on Facebook and I put the three pictures up and I didn't say anything. Now it wasn't an even competition. One is seven and one is 13, right? And there's one in the middle. So we're not comparing apples with apples. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, we can't choose. By the way, there were Mars bar pods up for grabs, so it was pretty serious. High level. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lana took it pretty seriously. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we, we all had a bit of a joke about, well, they should all get, they should all get a packet of pods. And I was like, eh, 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 no, not in my house, right? <laughs> and I've got to say, Alana won, she got the most votes, um, and she got the packet of pods, and Caitlin and Liam cried. <laughs> and I said, well, sorry that you're such a loser. <laughs> <laughs> build your muscle, build your muscle. You're going to be so strong as an adult. There's only one packet. Right? So I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. But, and then they were kind of going, well, who came second? And I was like, no, right now there was one packet of pods and you didn't get them. And it was hard to watch them cry, Mel, particularly small manipulative boy. Like, that was hard. I wanted to give him the pods. But that was, that was a teachable moment. And so we have to facilitate those moments where we move through discomfort. And what I said to Caitlin, the 10-year-old, because she was also, like, she had issues, I'm not gonna lie. I said, but once you won this competition, like last time you won this competition, and how would you feel at that time? Just take yourself back to that moment where you won it fair and square. Mm. How would you feel if I'd then given a token prize to the other two? You would have felt ripped off, yeah. you know? And so you've got to go through the discomfort to really experience the joy. Absolutely. I just had to get it in there. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yes, without discomfort, there is no joy, is there? Absolutely. Um, I think the other thing is too is that we as studio owners are not just building the resilience of our kids, we're actually dealing with building the resilience of our parents and as you reflected on then Jane, like that was hard to watch your kids experience disappointment and often, well, what was you saying at um, Come Together, Welcome to Life as a DSO? Oh, we're CEO disappointment. disappointment. 
Yeah, so, you know, little Susie is going home crying because she didn't get the same mark or the same results or, what you know, whatever the thing is or couldn't do the double pirouette, but everybody else in the class could. And so the parent then is experiencing, and oh, believe me, I've been the mum in the car after school where my kid's fallen into the car and hysterical crying, like, you know, you would think someone has died, but something happened at school today. And so then I'm that parent going back into the teacher going, what on earth went on? And something happened for 20 seconds, but that has played on Ruby's mind all day. And then she's held it in, held it in, held it in, being a good girl, because especially with girls, we, we have to be good, don't we? We hold it in, then she gets in the car, and I get the explosion of emotion. And that's often what the parents, so we don't necessarily see that in the studio, do we? The kids are holding it together for us too. And then it's building up, they ruminate, they, they ruminate, you know, it, then it becomes another story and it becomes their interpretation of events. And that's what the parents experiencing at the other end. And I mean, I loved what Susie spoke about this morning in terms of, you know, taking that moment as a studio owner to just go, okay, I just need to respond with empathy here because that parent's experience of their child's disappointment is different to what mine has been. And then if you can come at those conversations with a parent from that perspective, um, usually what I find is you can come to a, a resolution. I, I had a student um, oh, a couple of months ago, we were leading up to ballet exams and she did that. So she went home, she's a really, really great little student, you know, top honours kind of kid, and went home and was hysterical and told her mum that she doesn't know any of the steps, she doesn't know the names of anything, she's gonna fail. And so, you know, then we got the, the phone call and the mum was really upset she's like well she's going to fail she's she's going to fail and i said well no she's not because we don't fail kids anymore blah 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're all winners here yeah we're all winners um but you know so but what we did is sorry, i took her for a, a little private lesson which i don't generally do but then we went through and we all we did was go through and named the words and that's all she needed there was just some specific things but she didn't understand the names of the steps. So sometimes you just got to pull it back and unpack what's actually happening. And sometimes it can be really simple because kids make up little things into big things, don't they? Not just kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, another strategy that we used um, last year, I think it was, was when we were handing out exam results, like mm. ballet exams or whatever exams, the ultimate in being judged, really. And, you know, and that is where disappointment can show up and you can do all like it's just one day and we all know that but it's just that moment when they get it is um, we had a little bit of a presentation and it was an experiment I do like to experiment because um, I'm a bit of a curious beast so I like to kind of play around with things ethically of course. ethically yeah <laughs> 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 and um, so what we did is I basically just formed a story around exam results. So I had all of the parents in the room at the same time. So rather than sending the children out with their results and going into the car and bursting into tears, I took, it was a little bit of an act of courage, but I gave them out and I kept the actual results private um, and I handed them out. And But before that, I talked about the process of why we do exams, right? And what we've learned during the exam. Um, and that really, yes, I know 
we all want to be honest with distinction, but the reality is that we're not. And I talked about the fact that I never was, never an honest with distinction kid. And I, you know, I think I'm doing okay in the dance industry. Like I'm, I'm all right, yeah, I can teach right. ballet. Um, and so that, that is not the end of the earth, like just keeping it in perspective. And I found that really, really helpful because I was actually preaching to the parents during that speech, not the children. So I was really speaking to them and saying, this is what has happened throughout the last 20 weeks of preparation. And the skills that your children have learned, they've been tenacious. And look, flattery will get you everywhere. So, you know, they've been tenacious. They've not given up. Some of them were really scared on the day but they went in and did it anyway. And so that's what we're celebrating. So take this mark with a grain of salt. This is not definitive. This is not the be all and end all. This is just happening today. And yeah, it's okay if there's a little bit of disappointment, but you're their coach now, over to you. you know. And I really kind of, and I, I remember saying that. I remember saying, I've done my job and now, I'm going to hand them back to you. So go home and cry and hug, but you're the one there now that's going to remind them that this is just a stepping stone to something else. Mm. So game on. No? How can they complain yeah. about that? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you want that back? Yeah. <laughs> can we just like hire you out and you can come to every studio and do that? Yeah, space to live. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. And I think it's a perfect example of preempting the, the possible, you know, flack that might come back at you. Um, the other thing I wanted to raise too is the process of involving the students in deciding how things are going to take place. So, and that's not about them running the class or anything like that, but if there's something going astray or something's not working or we're going to, we're going to talk about audition results now. So we audition our kids for our musical theatre um, roles and, and, you know, so we talk with the kids about, well, how are we going to respond as a group? What are we going to do? How are we going to celebrate everybody's role? So everybody knows what their expectations are beforehand and they know what to do. Because sometimes kids don't know what to do and sometimes parents don't know what to do. And so we've got to coach them through that process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that just made me think of um, our musical theatre program. Um, do you have chickens in yours? Do I have chickens? <laughs> Not this year in... The Lion King, there were no <laughs> chickens. Um, but if you have a values-based culture, this is really, really helpful to always fall back on your values. So when we announced the um, successful children or students for our roles, one, we did it Facebook Live and we did that on purpose because there is some accountability there, right? Everybody's on their best behaviour because um, a bit like now, look at you. <laughs> um, because before we did that, I reminded them about our values and the top one being respect, honesty and integrity and that, yes, you might not get the role that you were hoping for, but the kind of people that we are at our studio is that we raise each other up. It's okay to sit in our disappointment, but as long as we, we go with grace, and we make sure that we congratulate our friend and we do that you know, with, with love and authenticity. 
and um, we invited the parents to that as well. So they were there for that speech. Um, so it really frames it ahead of time, like, and that's you know what you were saying, wasn't mm -hmm. it? You just kind of lay out the ground rules, really. It's it's like a cult. Brainwash them. It is a cult. It is a cult. If you think about culture, it says cult you are. See? It is a cult. And you should get as many people in your cult as possible. I've got the mafia, the JGDC mafia, so if anything goes slightly kind of then they jump on in and they're positive penny. And the person's like, oh, I'm never going to say anything negative ever again. <laughs> I'm too scared. I'm too, too scared. scared. I'm too scared. I think the other thing that we wanted to talk about was our own um, discomfort as studio owners. I know the most uncomfortable I feel is when other people are uncomfortable because I'm an empath and I take on other people's energies really, really easily and strongly. So, I have done a lot of work on myself um, as a leader and as a, a studio owner to not take on that energy. And so if there's anything I can say to you to my fellow empaths out there, which I'm guessing is most people in the room, because we wouldn't be teachers if we weren't, um, to, to really check yourself and, and do that work and take time in your responses to people so that you can be strong in yourself because you can't be a leader without you know going in with that strength you can't be the one that's crumbling in front of the students in saying that i think it's also important and we did talk about this recently to show your students that you are vulnerable and you are human and you might not have got honors in a ballet exam ever as well, and I that's okay. Honest. I just oh, didn't get okay, honest with okay. All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're clear. Which can go and have distinction. <laughs> um, you know, so it's important to to share that and share your own vulnerability. I mean, I'm not saying like share everything. Like, be careful. <laughs> Because sometimes we do overshare and then you've got to be careful about that too. So, yeah, so I just wanted to, to raise that as an important point so that your students don't just see you as... Because we can often come across as a bit superhuman. I mean, I sat there watching Kim before going, oh, oh, oh wow, like, that was next level, Kim, wherever you are. That was amazing. Yeah, and, you know, we, we can often do that. And our students do that to us, you know. They're looking at us going, oh, wow, look what she does. And... You know, so showing that, that you can step through a process of dif discomfort yourself and put yourself out there, I think, is really valuable for our students. Um, the other strategy that I think that could be helpful is just um, preempting when you might need to approach these kind of subjects or, or this topic. So, um, because I mentioned in the intro about change in teacher and things like that, so we have to acknowledge that any kind of change does often bring around anxiety. Um, I am not an overly anxious person, but I, I do have anxiety over different things. I'd like to think that I respond well to change, but then it happens and I'm like, mm, maybe not so much, you know? I'd like to try, but at Audi recently, they move things around. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I can do this. <laughs> the lady next to me couldn't do it, and she was very vocal about how much she couldn't do it. And so I was like, oh, I'm doing better than her. <laughs> I'm like internalising. So, you know, if there are changes that are coming, 
then we need to kind of forewarn them. And so if sometimes we can't, right? Sometimes, you know, you, you have a teacher that falls unwell and it is what it is. Um, but you can try and minimise how much that change is disruptive. So, um, and there's lots of different ways that we can do that. But if you know a teacher is going on um, leave, then, you know, kind of try and integrate the, the teacher that's taking over in a perfect world. Um, just a little bit so that that transition is smooth. And I've done that every time I had a baby. Um, you know, I'd have them kind of shadow me and then sneak out like when everybody was watching, basically. <laughs> hope they didn't notice with my massive belly. Um, yeah, and, and so little things like that in our preschool program, which is one that I've written myself, it does not matter which day you come. The program in week nine, you know, on Monday to, through to Saturday, we are all on the same program. So that kind of developing consistency, um, even down to the way we um, greet Oh, there we're gone again. Oh, we're gone. Well, that's okay. We're almost done. Okay. Let's talk really loudly. Okay. Um, even down to the way that we greet children, at, like as they come into class, that is consistent for every class across mm. my studio. So, if there are children with anxiety, then that's going to try and help them relax. Well, that yeah, yeah so a little bit. Hundred percent. Is this going to be bad, Miss Morgan Media? No. Thumbs up. Morgan Media's got the phone. Morgan Media's got the... We should say that a couple more times. Morgan Media. Morgan Media. Is Check it out. All over. <laughs> yes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Get my champagne. It is a little bit weird with yeah, you right there. So, I know. I'm like, yeah. You normally prefer not state. seeing you actually. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Right. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Mel, for another you, wonderfully Jane. fun episode of At the Bar. I'm not sure I'm going to do it again anytime soon. <laughs> Feeling a little a stressed, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, different. normally. <laughs> We don't have our makeup on either, so it's been very special. A very special episode of At the Bar. So thank you, Miss Mel. Thank you, Miss Jane. No worries. listening to At The Bar with Jane and Mel. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. We would love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think, what topics you'd love us to cover or any feedback you'd like to pass along. You can reach out to us both via the Dance Studio Success with Jane Gretsch Facebook page. Send us an inbox. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and we hope that our podcast helps you as you navigate the highs and lows of dance studio ownership. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 